no just problem. went through this. Right. No problem. Yep. John's the worst. That's where we're at. That's what it was. <clears throat> John's the worst, and Zach can't figure out YouTube. So I got it. We're good company. Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, the podcast where we talk about all things RPG and general buffoonery. My name is Zach, and my co-hosts that are joining me this evening are Master Troy Sandlum. Lolly hoo-ha. Oh my god. <laughs> and the Dwarven DM, John Christian. I'm going to be the Costello. Hello, everyone. Hello, you get to be the Abbott. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So today is a special day. Uh, we are starting this recording right before we kick off our Zine Month or Zine Quest interviews for 2022. And we thought that maybe uh, a good way to start this off would just to take a few minutes and talk about the Zine format, uh, why we like it, what gets us excited about it, and how the heck did we stumble upon it in the first place. Um for us, I think we've really saturated ourselves in the Kickstarter market, um, the crowdfunding market, and in a few groups on Facebook and Discord and things that are really zine-obsessed. But it's not something um, that is heavily touched on or, or heavily received by the larger TTRPG community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's still niche, even though, like I was telling Troy uh, this week, I stopped by uh, my local uh, tabletop shop here in Kansas City, and there's Zine Collection, which used to be like half a little shelf. Last year was half a little shelf. is now like a huge, like five foot wide, six foot tall rack of all sorts of zines, not just you know, 5e stuff or some of the popular systems, but um, it has some of the more mm, eclectic or, or weird stuff, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. S- system neutral stuff, uh, the stuff that typically you could only find by prowling on Kickstarter or on Exalted Funeral or something like that. So um, it's certainly growing and the recognition uh, that these projects get will only continue if more shops like that continue to do it. But uh, John, Troy, why don't you lead us off here? Talk to me about, you know what? Tell me, tell me, what was the first zine? If you can remember, what was the first thing that you remember picking up? Mm, that's that a is, tough one, man. That is a, that is a nigh impossibility on my part because. A nigh impossibility. Because I recall um, back when I was just a wee child, uh-huh. Uh going to the uh you know, the, the, the gaming slash comic book five and dime back mm. in the day. Uh where, you know, the the local community had been doing zines and things like that that were hand stapled or whatever and were up there on the boards and oh man. I know I got a, a few of them. And I don't even know if I still have them anymore. Not knowing well, what they were would grab them and they're probably D and D related, probably had some kind of Errol Otis esque artwork on the front. Mm. Kind of kind of a thing. Everything was, you know, mimeographed 
and uh, stapled together. Mimeograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no. either that or somebody was painstakingly, you know, using carbon carbon paper and and rewriting everything over and over and over again. Um. Oh man, but uh, recently, and again, it it kind of like I appreciate the RPG zines page, you know saying that mm-hmm. they really don't define what a zine is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if you're going by just, you know, the size and makeup, mm-hmm. um, it, you could say that uh, Dungeon in a Box, when mm-hmm. I subscribe to them to check them out, their their adventures are in a zine-style format. Um, uh, the, the things that you were putting out... Mm. Um, I, I had picked up. So yeah, I mean, there's just in the, the you brought something up about like the your local game store, yeah, where it's not just a few a handful of like D and D zines. It's now all different all different things, and I think that's kind of like the the bread and butter mm-hmm. of the zine world, the weird stuff, the things mm-hmm. that you know. Maybe maybe it's not there's not enough there to fill a large hardback book. So, but, but there's something there. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it, it gets out to the people that, uh, that don't mind a little bit of that weird action going on. A little, something a little bit, a little bit out of the box, a little bit more edgy than what your, your big box Watsy product is going to give you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have, I mean, as you can see, I have quite a few little zine, Items back here behind me, more in areas over there, and uh, I'm sure after today there will be more. <laughs> a few more on the way. <laughs> a few more coming on the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, John? Do you remember, or, or if you don't remember the first one, do you remember an early one that kind of uh, tickled your fancy? I didn't know that it was a zine. It was mm-hmm. something that was. Uh, if you want to talk about like like a punk rock style independent zine type, I don't know, guerrilla style of publishing, right? Is Mm -hmm. a a buddy of mine in high school had put together like a a bunch of traps and, uh, and uh, it put it at Tarbog's trove of uh, trove of traps, I think is what it was called. And he made, he handmade 10 copies and it was, went to the library, paid a couple bucks for the Xerox machine Zip, 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 use the stapler, cut it and everything like that. And then brought him to school. I didn't know it was a zine. Like to me though, that's, that's a zine, right? He even mm-hmm. used like, oh, I yeah, think it was a yeah, uh, yeah. red, const- like not red, con- not construction paper, but like red paper instead for the, because he wanted to make it fancy and wanted to really stand, stand out, <laughs> right? Make it fancy. And so like that, I would call that a zine back then. I didn't, had no idea. Uh, yeah. f- for me, we did like, I don't know, in the circles that I was in, we just didn't, it wasn't a, a term that was used very often, if at all. Mm-hmm. And only in the last couple of years have I really been turned on to it, right? And, to, uh, and accessing that, you know, like the, that microcosm inside of the, the industry of where those independent designers and creators are right. getting their stuff out there through, through that medium. And so, but recently, like last year was probably the first time that I intentionally looked for zines and yeah. started mm-hmm. and started grabbing stuff off the, the virtual shelf. So, um, I mean, Evershift, I think was mm-hmm. officially the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. like, uh, between that and Scrap Rats, 
Um, some of the other ones that we got last year, like uh, was it Tomb of Immolation? Tomb was of Immolation. That I, that I picked up. Low I mean, these life. are like, what's, what's that? Low Life. Yeah, low life. Yep. So there were these were like really only in the last year. Like if I had mm-hmm. to I had to be super honest about it, did I like a know that that's what they were called? I'd seen mm-hmm. them. You know, I'd seen them at the shops, and they were on the shelves, kind of like wedged in between books or in a stack somewhere else on like a small table or something like that that had been fanned out to try to get to get some attention. And I'd see some people go over there and mess with them every once in a while, but I didn't know what, exactly what they were. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I still have. I should have gotten it. If it's in a box somewhere, who knows where it's at? Tarbog's Trove of Traps, but it's—I think oh, it's like you could have that. That would be a great thing for us to, it, to yeah. get a picture of. But it was like oh, twenty-two yeah. pages long total, because that's as far mm-hmm. as he could get it to to, to fold over. Mm-hmm. It's where it wasn't like obnoxious, <laughs> so he actually took yeah. pages out so that it would, so he could staple them and fold them without it being like weird. And of course, it still would flap open because he just yeah. couldn't get it to to press yeah. down hard enough. Uh, now, of course, over time. It has, mm-hmm. but yes, that's a, a little picture of some gremlin-y looking dude that was on it trying to set us uh, a what old old style bear trap. That's probably awesome. my first one. It's around that's, here. So I've got it. I'm awesome. going to have to dig it up. That's uh, that's like a throwback Thursday type thing vibe. So, I'll, I'll oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I luckily for me, Facebook or Kickstarter has a great way of tracking this sort of thing, yeah, right? and my zine uh, obsession. Um, it is a Kickstarter obsession, or it comes from my Kickstarter obsession, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the first zine that I backed was almost exactly four years ago today. Uh, it was uh, Adventure a Week did a uh, mini dungeon monthly RPG zine. Mm. Um, it was like a subscription thing that you could do, and I I did that and um, uh, got a got a. Uh, a digital copy once a month, saved them to my dry folder and read them. And I was like, this is cool. Oh, it's just little content. Oh, it's black and white, uh, you know, illustrations. Oh, this is like, Oh, this is a thing that you can make like, you know, ignorance talking. Right. But um, I was not aware of it uh, before four years ago. And then really, I think it became more obsessive with mothership. Um, oh, yeah. when the mothership stuff started dropping, um, and then there started to start trickling in onto Kickstarter, some third party supplements, uh, an early one was not even the bones. Um, yes, that was super, super interesting. We had that guy on the podcast. Uh, uh, and so once that stuff for like these subsystems that I really liked started hitting Kickstarter in a zine format, um, it was really hard to say no, right? Um, and I think that's probably the thing that, uh, I mean, you've already kind of st- uh, stuck on it a little bit, John, but like that idea of a zine being something that's hard to say no to because it's it's weird. The idea is weird or it's original or it's hyper specific, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's cheap almost mm-hmm. always, right? And cheap being relative. Um, But those two things combined, like, I always want to hear about your cool, weird idea, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's in a zine or a blog post or anything, right? Like, that's just a, that's a fun thing to listen to is when someone's really, really, really passionate about (sighs) Beelzebub, 
uh, the demon lord feels or whatever right um just something you know or they they however however that weird odd fascination hits them um that's what i want to talk to them about right and zines are that right they're like the little pocket of fascination that you want to yeah. hand to somebody else and that's cool well is that part of the is that part of the thing that we need to kind of do is our own maybe it's a, an individual definition but whenever i think of a zine i think of those things i think about it is usually independent it's not it's not being published through a large a large publishing company like a watsi or uh, Paizo free league or anything like that, but it's also a zine is a, a format in size and in depth, like the number of pages that are in there is going to be under what you'd normally find in a hardback book. A lot of times it's, it's a soft cover, but you also see a lot of like, there's still variants in there where I could still see the mm-hmm. argument for something being called a zine and being 90 pages long and a hard, co- a hard cover. Right. Um, so that's the, I think that's the, the thing about it is like, it's on a, it's on a spectrum, but when you mm-hmm. yeah. see it, most people like, I don't know exactly how to define what a zine is, but I know it when I see it, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, and to me, it almost never fails, you know, in that time of my first encounters with zines way, way back. And then, you know, I, and I think what kind of rekindled it was not even the bones. For me when you when you showed it to me it's like oh yeah i have to back this this is really cool um it's kind of one of those things where when someone says oh i have this idea for whatever and just saying it it's kind of like i don't get it i don't i don't <laughs> that doesn't that that doesn't sound cool that doesn't sound fun but then when you get a hold of that zine or you get to look at that Kickstarter page that's well laid out and, and kind of tells you what's in it, it's like, oh, now I want to play 10 armed bug people on the planet Zemo that hmm. who knows, you know, it's just like, it sounds, it's so bizarre that the idea is so out there. That it's like, I have nothing to grasp onto, but the zine is like, it gives it. It kind of it, the the passion. It's like a passion conduit. Well, right? and it, it it works too. It's it's a two way street, right? Because not only is it easier for you to grasp onto, but also by putting it to any format, a creator is is putting you know their thoughts or their their excitement onto paper in a definable way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there is there's precious few people out there who could or would have any interest in writing a 400 page hardcover book about their idea right mm-hmm. so right. unless you're at that peak um, there's 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 an argument for a lot of folks that like well my ideas will never see print or or they'll just always be ideas or they'll be the thing that I run for my home game or whatever right but it's these great little formats like a zine that allow your ideas to be defined uh, for just about anyone who wants to do that, right? Like, you don't have to be a, a super dedicated writer to put out a 16-page zine um, that talks about this little hamlet that you think is really cool and has some weird stuff going on in the tunnels underneath. Like, that's 
anybody could put that together, right? To some extent. Well, the, entire, yeah. the whole format lends itself to that, though, right? It's like mm-hmm. it is a risk versus reward. It, it, it's, uh, it's short films. Yeah. That's really what it is. It's a short film. It's, I'm not going to have to invest a lot of time or money into the, into the idea that I want to put out there for other people. And people, it's vi- vice versa. People that are looking at the rack and say, that's neat or weird. I'm not going to spend $50 for the book. I'm going to spend 5 10 15 bucks for the book. Low low barrier, barrier to entry uh, due to cost. And there's not like a deluge of information that they have to dig through in order to get to, quote unquote, the good stuff. All the good mm-hmm. stuff is already in there in the zine. So it's just it's easier to consume that way, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's it. Is, like I say, it's like that gorilla style like uh, p- publishing your thoughts or your ideas in in a, like uh, for uh, for tabletop games in particular and uh, even outside of just games right yeah zines are not uh, beholden just to the to the tabletop gaming market it, there's a lot i've seen a lot of zines in poetry music and pretty much other yeah. forms of entertainment that are out there and again it's just that i don't have to i don't have, the risk is low it's like i'd spend a couple of hours weeks or whatever uh, hammering this out and either people like it or they don't and it even gives yeah. people a t- like a taste test well yeah. maybe i'll yeah. write more this like if they don't like that fine i'll move on to something else that i've got stewing in my brain let's see if they like that oh they like that thing that so then maybe you want to expand what your original idea was if it was a hamlet to your point zach then it's a region and then yeah. you can write something that's bigger about the country or the world or the cosmology or of the, the the system or setting that you're in so it kind of it's a you can go expansive as big or small as you really want to mm-hmm. without having to risk much in in the way of letting people have a keyhole view into yeah. uh, into what your what your creative uh, environment is now in the past so that that's that's kind of a working feel for zines right but in the past year year and a half ish I'm gonna put that timestamp on it somebody else might put a different one I would say in the past year year and a half we are starting to see an evolution of zine from the small project or the indie project or the the um the isolated project and into uh a produced thing right um we are seeing uh i think i think it's kind of alongside crowdfunding rpgs in general but we're seeing the idea that like you know, your buddy, John, made 10 zines and stapled them <laughs> at the library. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, but the audience for his zine was, you know, he didn't have a way to get, like, he probably didn't know more than 10 people who would care, right? Oh, like, yeah. that, exactly. that's the reality for, and that's the reality up until very recently, right? Like, like it, for 99% of people. Um but now we have something different, right? We have something where uh, even a small project could pick up 50, 100, 200, 400 subscribers, backers, um, and allow them to have a budget to produce uh, something uh, that raises the bar in quality. And then on top of that, as more and more people flock to it, and as we've seen these systems like uh, 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 like Mothership or Troika or some of these uh, uh can grab hold of a larger audience. Um, those companies uh, now have some ability to 
ramp up to the next level, right? And so with Morgborg, yeah, we see a, a hardcover book and we say, well, is that a zine or not? We could have that argument. But certainly that company then put out true zines, right? Yeah. Territory and things like that, Heretic, that are 100% true, that you could not argue that they're not a zine, but they are made by uh, you know, a very large company at this point for our industry. Um, and because of that, they're coming back to these crowd funders with marketing budgets and things of that nature. And they're pouring, you know, they have cool graphics and awesome art and all of these things that, that um, um, comes with that territory. Uh, and that's raising the bar for everyone, right? Oh, so yeah. I, think, I think in general, uh, the zine is becoming less a thing of cheap, easy, small. And then now it's just becoming a, a formatting thing, right? It's almost mm -hmm. like the singles, right? It, it, or at least it can be. It's like a single for a band as opposed to the album, right? It's just a smaller format, but it's no less produced than the album. It's not, you know. Well, yeah, you've got, dating myself, um, you've, got the, you've got the local bands that you go and, and check out and you know they have their their CDs or their back in the day cassette tapes or whatever that you can purchase and they're usually cheaper you know but but you you dig this music you dig this vibe it's not what they're playing on the radio that kind of thing mm -hmm. but then you have a band like Metallica that releases their Garage Days Revisited which it was a very underproduced mm -hmm. grungy it's the songs that they learned together that kind of thing mm -hmm. and they released that in mass quantity to their fans for them to kind of get a, get that glimpse so yeah you've got the 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 big thing for me as far as these are concerned it gives everybody the chance to have a voice mm. and i think as zines become more and more popular more and more prevalent I think you're going to see those people that are like, man, I would love to write for Wizards of the Coast someday or Paizo or, or something like that. And we all know that is not an easy task to achieve. But they've obviously got something to say, or at least they feel they do. So produce what you want to produce in a zine format. It's lower cost to you. It gets your gets your stuff out there and and can build you an audience. And it could build you an audience to the point where it's like, you know what, I really don't want to work for the big names. I want to do my mm -hmm. own thing. I want you know, your your thing could be the next mothership. Mm. Could be the next Morkbor. But if all you're doing is sitting there waiting for your for that chance to for for Watsy to open up a casting call for a new game designer that twenty or thirty thousand people are gonna rush to try and fill, put out your put out your mothership. Put out your, your mother load, your mork board. And who knows, you you may not need the whatever validation came from running with the big boys. You've you've made your own path to the big boys, and it's going to take you some. It's going to take some 
of course, I want to oversimplify it, right? That there's there's there are quite a few hurdles to jump over when it comes oh, to well, self-publishing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, though, um, you know, if you're passionate about the thing that you're creating, there are fewer barriers to entry now than there have ever been at yeah. an unprecedented yeah. level. And you have an, the audience you have a, is there. Yeah, the audience. What it's crazy to me. Right, because the I think what's what we may end up seeing is if we haven't already already is with the the rise of fifth edition and Dungeons and Dragons and that being like the de facto tabletop RPG that there's going to be a level of uh, fat, brand fatigue that's going to come from D and D and people are I think there's going to come a time if it hasn't already we haven't hit that hump is we're going to get to the point where we're like what else is there other than D and D because I like this whole RPG thing I like sitting around the table with my friends and BS and drinking beer eating pretzels whatever but maybe I'm sick of high fantasy like I can only watch Lord of the Rings so many times like I really can I know that's, that's a sad thing to say I only watch it so many times where I need now I need to watch Star Wars I need to watch Dune I need to watch Alien I need like that's the same reason why we don't watch the exact same movie or the same consume the same media over and over again. I think people are going to get to a point where their D and D may be their home, right? They may go back to it. It has that nostalgic feel or the thing they're the most comfortable with. But eventually, I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. We're going to see more people dip into other systems, mechanics that they may end up falling in love with, right? Like they maybe like. I didn't realize how much I didn't like the crunch in Fifth Edition until I started playing something else and realized I don't need all of that. Not mm-hmm. me saying that necessarily, but they may be yeah. saying that. And they don't yeah. really know until they get these like ease of access systems where like you, uh, I want to play something and it's a, this in a zine and it's powered by the apocalypse or it's <laughs> your zero engine or something like that. Well, then what that does is says, all right, well, let me try this out. You're a zero, you're a zero engine. That's neat. All right. Now I, lo- I know how to play this thing. Well, now it opens up a bro- another swath of other settings yep. and, and, vi- and games that they can play that are really, really close. You, mm-hmm. Your Zero Engine in particular has got a couple little noodly things that go in either direction to, uh, to make things more system and game specific. But um, mm-hmm. I, And I think that's you'll see people more become more comfortable with it. That was the barrier oh, yeah. for me was I know D&D. I know how to run D&D. I'm familiar with fantasy. I don't know if I feel comfortable getting out of my comfort zone. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that until you finally take the leap and you, I played games that other people were running in, in other systems. I'm like, this isn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. It's the almost the same leap in logic you have to make as a dungeon, the, as a player, excuse me, to say, okay, I actually can run a game, yeah. right? Or, 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 or be a dungeon master, game master, or whatever. It's like, I actually can do this. I can figure out other systems. I can figure them out and it, I might actually enjoy them. Right. And so you start leaning towards specific themes and genres and tropes and archetypes and stuff like that that you really like or that are nostalgic to you or that are exciting or weird, really, really weird stuff. You're going to get more than enough of that, the good kind of weird that you're looking for in, in zines. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think they're really, really good for the ecosystem yes. of the gaming community. Really, really important in order to keep the, the gaming community going. It's like well, it can't just be all built on the back of Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons because if yeah. that's the case, we're boned. Yeah. Well, you've talked about now, and and Troy's talked about a little bit. You know, uh, the I would say things that are about moving it forward, right? Like mm-hmm. you talk about how it's that thing that helps the community flourish and keeps it uh, keeps it progressing. Um. So I think that's maybe the the last piece of this puzzle as we as we chat about zines is where are they going from here, right? Like what's, 
so we've started to see this climb of, uh, of presentation and professionalism, and we've seen bigger dogs come to the zine table. Um, if we hadn't seen that already, we're certainly seeing that now. Um, so what what does it look like a year from now? Does that continue? And I think the answer to that is, um, of course, that's going to continue and that's going to continue to grow, right? Like mm-hmm. when, a, when Mothership does 1.5 million for a box set with, I mean, it has a lot of content in there, not saying it doesn't, right? But it's zines. When it can do 1.5 million for zines, you you bet your sweet pippy there are publishers out there that had not considered zines. Mm-hmm. That there was a meeting that Monday. Oh yeah. <laughs> where someone said, "Hey, did you see this? Did you see how many? You know what size that was?" And that's a box mm-hmm. set, and they did like. There's a lot of conversation that's happening there. Um, so I think we're going to see more and more of that. But on top of that, um, and I'm curious to see what you two fellows think, um, but. I think also we're going to see a spread out from Kickstarter and that's because the zine community is still an indie community, right? And, and that's still the bulk of its creators and there's not going to be a one platform fits all situation ever. As far as that's concerned, there never was to begin with, you know, but now we have itch and we have Indiegogo and we have uh, GameFound and, and plenty of other locations. People are, building their own websites and running their pledge managers or their crowdfunding campaigns straight from their website. Right. Yeah. Um, people are using backer kit just to, and running a campaign straight from backer kit. All those things are uh, uh, possible and all of those things will continue to be utilized. And, you know, Kickstarter may be the top dog for a while, but I think that I think we're going to look back in a year or two and say that there are three or four viable options if you have a project, a zine size project that you want to crowdfund, there's three or four options that are viable. Um, and I think that we're also going to be rubbing shoulders with, I, I mean, they're not going to do a crowdfunder, but Watsy's already been talking about returning to smaller formats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the highest of the high at this point, right? So we're going to mm-hmm. be rubbing their shoulders in this format, I think, with, with larger and larger entities. I think that means that as creators, we're going to need to step up to, to, to at least in some ways present ourselves on par with some of that. And then um, uh, 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 as a backer, we're going to have, uh, I think, a really fascinating time of seeing how, when these larger entities come to play, um, how can the little guys stand up to them? And what does that look like, right? What is a project with a $1,000 budget or a $10,000 budget compared to your project with 100 bucks, right? Um, I think our community is really, really supportive right now. And I think there'll be um, game for that sort of spread. I, I think aside from marketing dollars, I think the zine format, you know, levels that playing field a little bit. It does. I mean, certainly, you know, a big company that comes in and has a budget that they can put to, to it straight out of the gate. Yeah, they're going to be able to nose you out a little bit. But when you're when you've got the content and you're getting the funding from from Kickstarter that you can then go and backfill your product. And, you know, and I don't know how long this has been going on as far as an attitude. I don't, probably it's been probably timeless 
you you will always have segments of the population that want to stick it to the man, whoever the man happens to be. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have those people that are like, you know, I will not play anything from Wizards. I will not play anything from Paizo. I will not play anything from Free League because they're keeping everybody else down, which, you know, I don't think so. I mean, they have to be there in order for those of us that, that aren't them to have something to aspire to or to, you know, look to and be uh, inspired by. So you're going to, you're going to, you're always going to have the support for the little guy mm-hmm. and the zine, the zine format is just, it's the perfect thing. It is the perfect thing to do. Cause I don't, I, I like hardback books and they're great, but I wouldn't mind having this entire shelf back here just filled with zine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John, anything from you to round us out, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll move on for today. The next year, right? I think that I think you've you know, tapped into something that's you're right, right? Anytime that you see um, a big business see something small business do that's really successful, uh, I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna be some there's some level of copycatting that'll go on there, even if it's mid level publishers as opposed to like the big dogs like uh, like a Wizards of the Coast, right? And so I'll really be interested to see what the what it looks like whenever they compete with with these smaller the smaller independent publishers and creators, and how what avenues that they decide to use to get the, those products out there. If they if they use backers, they use backing at all like a Kickstarter or go uh, 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 Game Foundry or founding or something or anything like that. Right? It'll be interesting to see if that's the direction that they go. I'm from an academic perspective. Um, but to the choice point too, I mean, like that's, that's to me, one of the things about zines is it's punk rock. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is like, there is, it's, it is definitely, there's some, a level of rebellion that goes into it. I'm not going to even bother or you wouldn't listen to me. So take that. Right. And that's why I think uh, in a lot of ways, you see a lot of really crazy stuff in these zines that cannot be published by the big, by, by the uh, the big uh, big dogs like Wizards of the Coast, they can't get away with that. They get they would like people would freak out if uh, if uh, Wizards of the Coast tried to publish something like Morkborg. Not going to happen. Oh. They're not going like Mothership. Even is probably too risque for them. D and D is like has is fast becoming the like Disney uh, Disney World or D- the Disney of, of publishing, where they have to try to homogenize it and make it as easily palatable to as broad an audience in order to. to continue to grow and it's the pg-13 rating right they have have to be the vanilla ice cream yeah they do and that's fine like because again marvel movies are there for a reason marvel movies are of pg-13 and under for a reason most of them right you got a couple outliers but they're they're there that's again it's part of an ecosystem and so i think that um i'm like i'm glad that zines are out there because if we didn't have zines out there doing quote unquote the lord's work then we wouldn't have some of the crazy crap out there that i want to see on the shelves that never mm-hmm. would end up on the shelves yeah. if it hadn't been for these uh, these independent publishers. So, I for myself, I can I'm going to dip into both buckets. I'll still be buying Watsy stuff, and I'll be I will go out of my way to make sure that I'm supporting the 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 zine creators also because, man, there's some like where the hell did that come from? Kind of content out there that's oh, like. <laughs> 
Like, where in therapy did this come up? That's what I want to know. <laughs> what what part of what what part of your childhood was so traumatic that this came out of it? Right. What evil What evil entity hurt you and show right, exactly. us on the doll work? Yeah. <laughs> like, if if you say that you're there is no uh, Morkborg, there is only Zul. I'll know where it came from, but no, I think it's it'll be interesting to see how the worm turns. Yeah. In the next year, right? To, like especially after the massive success of Mothership, that's going to get. Oh, that's man. got it. That man, alarms bells are ringing in, in like in, in a meeting. Like you said, the next that Monday morning, holy crap! How do we get? A, how do we capitalize on this? And how do we? How do we get? I into was it? I was in a meeting with a very you know top five RPG companies out there in scale right now. I was in a meeting with them that Monday after Mothership, and there was that discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Like that 100% happened there, right? Like, uh, uh, and, and, and that, that company was not the only one. So, um, so all of this to say that we are super, super excited. This is the reason why we're doing these creative mm-hmm. interviews because yeah. we believe in this industry and we believe in, in the indie scene and we believe in the, the creator who wants to, uh, like Troy said, add their voice to the mix. That's, we want to do our part to uh, give that voice uh, uh, a megaphone and get it broadcast uh, as much as we can. Our goal is that there's not a single RPG zine project out there that doesn't go through, at least in some form or fashion. We want everybody to be successful. So uh, with that, um, this was our intro episode. And get ready for two dozen... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well for right now two dozen that could that could change yeah. there, it could mm-hmm. be absolutely the, the minigun of podcasts watch absolutely. spin up right if you're watching this live or on some sort of video on demand uh these episodes are going to be coming right after this um over the next week um a lot of them will be filmed back to back if you're listening to this on the geeks camp podcast they will be released as individual episodes uh as fast as we can crank them out um, one right after the other over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, I will go ahead and uh, round out this episode by saying thank you so much for listening. Thanks to the RPG Zines Facebook group for uh, letting us uh, have a new place to uh, to uh, uh, present our content to a new audience. Um, I would encourage you to head on over to our Facebook at Geeks Can't and uh, uh, give us a like there so you know when more of these go live. You can also join our Discord uh, by messaging myself or Geeks Cant on Facebook privately, and we'll get you a link for that. Um, and be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube or Twitch or wherever you're watching this. Um, and uh, just in general, keep that uh, keep us going. Exactly. John Troy, thanks a lot. Chat, thanks a lot. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Uh, buy more zines, everybody. <laughs> Stay safe while you do it. <laughs> yeah, practice credit card safety. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Geeks Can't and another one of our creator interviews. If you want to know more about us or the creators that we interview, go check us out on Facebook at Geeks Can't. Instagram and Twitter are the same thing. If you send us a private message, we'll invite you to the Discord where you can uh, have good community chats with not just us, but all these other folks and the community at large. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.